0: Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936 672 3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com.
1: Good morning and welcome to the College Football Pregame Show brought to you by the Bullock Grill House at 401 Highway 156 in Point Blank, Texas. I am Brian Bush. I am sitting here with Chris Moran of the Bullet Grill House. And Chris is going to tell you all about the wonderful things that are happening out here in Point
2: Blank. Well, you know, we've got a great lineup of uh, college football today and uh, and uh, no, uh, maybe some baseball. We're sitting here on a Wednesday night recording this, watching the Astros. If they lose, they would still play Friday, but... Uh, boy the Phillies are taking it to Atlanta. I don't think there's gonna be any baseball Saturday. I think the Dodgers are gonna lose and Atlanta's gonna lose. It's uh it's very possible but uh might be setting
1: up an, an Astros Rangers thing which would be Which would be really really good. I, huge. I
2: think that will start Sunday if I remember yeah. the uh the timing right. So that's great. We got uh so then, Sunday loads up to be. We got a, a full lineup of NFL football. We've got uh, John and Katie playing here Sunday night, and then somewhere we're going to squeeze in uh, hopefully an Astros Rangers playoff game.
1: Yeah, this is. Um, I know it's it's a busy time of year for you guys because the weather's turning like that. Two shades. It's there's two shades of, of perfect weather in, in Texas to where you get that. That fall stretch, and then you get the one in the spring, and and so I know there's a, a ton of activities for you guys, but it's also like the perfect time for sports because you've got all the football that's in full swing now, baseball's in its playoffs, basketball starting up, so it's everything is happening all hockey, at once. Hockey, hockey
2: kicked off Tuesday night. Well oh, nobody cares about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you would think, but you know, it just inside tonight. I got somebody that wants to turn on TNT and watch the uh, no kidding Blackhawks and. Uh, in uh, Boston, I tell you, everyone was a little excited about the Blackhawks. They got the number one draft pick, Connor Bedard. That's supposed to be the greatest since Gretzky came into the league. So we'll see how he develops. I think he had a goal in his first game last night. There you go. So yeah, you know, there's, you'd be surprised how many hockey fans are. And then in the around. meantime,
1: they're uh, they're playing games on Saturdays that we're going to talk about for a bit. And I know. Last Saturday was a, a jam-packed Saturday as far as top wow. 25s in action and it looked a little
2: light, you know, when we talked about last week, but boy, there were some great games that developed. It's always that way. It's one of those
1: things to where, "Oh, I don't I don't see the top 5 matchups anywhere, but there's there's so many games on Saturday that Somewhere down the line, you're going to be watching a game, or there's going to be something that breaks in and says, "Hey, change the channel over here." And there's going to be so many good games, and it's we're we're really fortunate because it used to not be that way to where you'd get this many games on a Saturday. But there's so many stations covering college football now, and it's so popular these days that I mean, there's there's thirty, forty games that are on on uh, television
2: on Saturday. So it's it's fantastic. You know, I was in uh, I was in Livingston a little bit with our food trailer on Saturday, so I didn't catch a lot of the start of the games. And then uh, uh, we were in some place, and uh, actually we were in another another venue. I won't say where, down in Huntsville. We drove into Huntsville for a little bit, but they were struggling. They only had a couple TVs, and and people kept coming in and saying, "I want to see this. I want to see baseball. Or I want to see that." And they're and they're changing. Then people got mad that no, I want to see this. So they didn't have enough to cover with Buller House we're always limited too but we can cover a little more than that place had and i tell yeah. you we'll keep people happy cuz we have we have all the key games on and we know wh- what's going on and where they're at
1: and i mean like right now i'm i'm watching four different televisions and there's there's a couple of playoff games on and there's many many more inside uh we're on the patio out here tonight but
2: Always a good time at the Bullet Grill House with plenty of good food. So eleven Let's let's kick off on what happened last week to start with. So uh, there was a big game at eleven o'clock. We'll save that to the uh, to the end here. A couple couple side games though that started off good. Ohio State had a great start. Uh, struggling. I say great start because I'm not an Ohio State fan. <laughs> Maryland looked pretty good early. I thought they. Maybe this was gonna be the upset alert and then Boy Ohio State just kinda of poured it on the second half, winning thirty seven seventeen, uh not as close as the the first half was. I tell you, it's um
1: it's a little disappointing because you, you want to see some of those uh, second tier uh Big Ten types uh be able to to compete with the Penn States, the Ohio States, the Michigans, but they're just not quite there yet and once once that conference expands into Washington, Oregon, uh, UCLA, USC, it's going to be much more competitive. And I think even some of those second-tier uh, type teams, the Wisconsin's, the Nebraska's, and maybe somebody like a Maryland or somebody like that would would uh, be able to be competitive. And I think we're going to see a lot uh, more diverse teams uh, championship-type games over there in the Big Ten. But for right now, there are really two
2: and sometimes three teams that are just dominating that conference. Big matchup in the SEC at 11, LSU and Missouri. Close game. LSU kind of pulled away a little bit in the fourth quarter hmm. for a 10-point win. But, but boy, it was a battle for most of that
1: game. Tell you, Missouri was the trendy pick amongst everybody. There's, there's a few... Uh, college shows on television on radio on podcasts if you listen to them and the very very trendy pick was to say that lsu was dead and and that Missouri was going to to get this win and kind of uh vault their status as far as where they are in the sec pecking order but lsu still lsu they i mean they're not having the season that they want to have and the defense is certainly not on par with what you normally see in baton rouge but there's still a ton of athletes down there and for as bad as the defense is this year lsu has an offense that they normally don't have and it's it's one of the best offenses not only in the sec but in the nation and it's going to
2: allow them to win shootout type games like that big game at 11 the red river rivalry Made up uh, actually a good game this year. So there's been some blowouts in the years past. There has. Back and forth. Uh, either team could have won it right down to the wire. And, and uh, man, I I was uh, on the edge of my seat on that one. But uh, UT gets the loss. They do. Uh, I I uh, was able to watch three and a half quarters of this
1: game. My, my game started about midway through the fourth quarter. But, uh really surprised at how how Oklahoma was able to kind of raise their game in, in, uh, in a game like this because they came out in this game really really intense and had a very good start and I think that was really key in just kind of proving to themselves that yeah we belong on this stage and, and we can play at this level because if you remember last year's game it was a shutout loss and not only a shutout loss but Texas put a half hundred on them, so it it wasn 't even a competitive game last year. Oklahoma really hasn 't played uh, what you would consider top ten or top 15 competition they've they 've kind of played uh, some of the some of the guys that are going to finish a little bit further back in the big twelve and a couple of non conference games that was nothing uh, too exciting but Oklahoma does belong on the big stage. They they performed really well in this game. Got a couple of key turnovers in in the game that that uh, really was able to lift them over the Longhorns.
2: A little, a little conservative play calling by UT in the second half. I mean, you had the you had the ball in the three, mm-hmm. and you you kind of ran it three times and. and uh, there were just some questionable and I've seen some little commentary on some of the sports shows that that just, just they 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 kinda play called a little tight. I, I feel like with Texas
1: and, and especially the the plays that you're you're talking about, there's there's almost uh kind of some talking points about them, about how they're not you know, a tough team and, and Sarkisian actually came up before the season started and said, Hey, we're going to be a hard nosed tough team. And, and we're going to be able to, to pound the football and, and, you know, we're going to be able to establish the run. I almost feel like that's what he was trying to prove there, not only to himself, but maybe to his players as well. And it kind of backfired on him. Um, uh, Texas for as much as they want to be there, they probably aren't quite there yet. And against a good defense like Oklahoma, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough, uh, you know, I've, I've seen several games this year where, you know, even a good football program, they, they find it difficult to, to run the football. And game that we'll talk about, I'm sure, here in a little bit, Alabama and Texas A&M, I took a picture of the scoreboard because midway through the third quarter, the University of Alabama had negative 22 rushing yards. We're talking about Alabama. We're talking about Nick Saban. And. So it's it's not always easy to run the football, and
2: uh, Texas found out the hard way. And yep, it, it may have cost him. I am seeing some memes though, asking for the uh, the third string quarterback. Are you ready? <laughs> it, it's going to be hard, man. You recruited him. It's going it, to be hard that he's if if you if you lose or come close again. I, and I, and I'll the tell fans you, are going to want to see him
1: well, as soon as you do see him. Uh, people are going to be wishing that they had Ewers back because. Uh, he will be in the NFL at that point in time, and and it's it's rare that someone has the arm talent that that this kid does. He's he's not the best quarterback in the world, but he's got an incredible arm, and he can he can throw that deep ball, and he can make all the throws. He's he's really good, but um, Texas really has something with that. And Manning will come. Right. Soon enough, and I, I don't think you want to see him out there right now because it's I, just hard
2: having that on the you know, you know, he's they're I'm all sure. getting beat up on it,
1: and you know, I he's he's got it tough because people are going to expect him to be Eli Manning at Ole Miss, they're going to expect him to be Peyton Manning at University of Tennessee, and it's just not going to be that way. I mean, he's not those guys, but it may happen for him eventually, it's definitely not happening
2: his no, freshman year no. in Texas. All right. The uh, moving on to the afternoon games. Couple, I know we got a game we're going to talk about that uh, that you watched uh, very closely. But Syracuse, North Car- North Carolina. We talked about Syracuse. Looked good to start the season. Lost to Clemson. Now they got hammered by North Carolina, forty to seven.
1: I tell you, um, North Carolina is one of those teams, just like several teams over in the Pac-12 that people are sleeping on. Um, Mac Brown has has built something over there at North Carolina. And you see the offensive coordinator at North Carolina. He goes and and, uh, takes off for Wisconsin. And you see certain players that haven't been able to play. uh, I, I know the wide receiver, for one, has just now been admitted back onto the football team. But they just kind of thought, you know, North Carolina is not going to be what they possibly could be. I know that they had a close game against App State this year, and, and people kind of wrote them off then. But uh, I know from experience <laughs> that, that App State's not a terrible football team, and that's a huge driver. For, I mean, that's that's App State's Super Bowl. I mean, you, you go and, and you face the big uh, state school, uh, that's, that's everything for them if they can knock them off. So not surprising that they were able to keep that close. But North Carolina is for real uh, – not only on offense, but on defense as well. Uh, Mac Mac Brown has has really done a good job. He's always been a fantastic recruiter. He's always been able to bring talent in, and it's no different these days. It's it's not on the same level that he was doing at Texas, but
2: it's uh, it's to the level to where he's going to compete for an ACC championship this year. Speaking of that ACC championship, the the best team in the ACC, ranking wise, Florida State takes on Virginia Tech and. 22-point first quarter, just kind of rolled that game 39-17. And fell asleep. They are, uh, Florida State's quietly at number five. They are, and the reason it's
1: quiet is because they're not really blowing anybody out. They're not doing it in impressive fashion. They'll get to a point to where it's, it's enough and they kind of t- take their foot off the gas. It's, it's just the opposite of what they did against uh, LSU in that very first game that everybody watched because, you know, it was one of the only games on that Saturday. But, you know, you saw a really impressive Florida State team that was able to not only to stand toe-to-toe with LSU but then really hammer them in the second half and, and run the football like – no one has really seen LSU give up rushing yards like, like they were able to get in the second half there, and it really shocked everybody. We've learned since that point in time, LSU is probably not the defense that we thought they were going to be this year. And FSU really hasn't played up to that level except for the Clemson game. Uh, they really haven't played
2: up to that level in some of these lesser games. The other big game in the afternoon, your Aggies. Yeah, we sure got a lot to. Uh, man, they they looked, They had a great first half.
1: They really did. Can we just um, stop it at
2: at uh, the halftime and call it a game? You know, there's
1: there's been every game this year. You've you've kind of wanted to stop at either one half or the other because they really haven't put four quarters together. Uh, every every game this year, it's either the first half or the second half where A&M looks really impressive and. It's the other one that you want to forget about, and that's the one that's them in two different games now where they've played two quality opponents in Miami and Alabama. Uh, you get a 17-10 to 10 lead at the half. The offense looks good. Uh, they didn't look great. They missed some opportunities, but the offense looks good. They're able to, to move the football, and Alabama wasn't. Uh, that That was the impressive thing. Like I said, midway through the third quarter, I took a picture of the scoreboard, and there's – there's a thing on there where they, you know, they'll, they'll keep stats and things like that. And Alabama is at a negative 22
2: rushing yards uh, at, in the third quarter. And it was just, it was wild to me. You, to you'd think that'd be a W. Yeah. I mean, if you if you've shut down Alabama's rushing game.
1: Yeah. And, and so, and you know, we're talking about they've played a half. They've played six, seven minutes of the third quarter. And it's it was just amazing to see uh, A&M's defense. Was time and time again, they rolled them out there, and they were able to make stops, even whenever the offense uh, would put him in a, a bad situation. But it eventually got to the point where Jermaine Burton uh, was too much for the AM secondary. And corner is—it's been a weak spot at Texas A&M for the past oh forever, and it's—it's it's probably been since the late '90s where you could really say, "Hey, a ms really got a superstar cornerback." Uh, and they've they've tried to mask it as best as possible. And it's going to be hard with this defense because I can tell you, most teams are going to find difficulty running the football the same way that Alabama did. Uh, nobody's got a better running attack than than what Alabama's got because they've got an incredible offensive line and they've got their third string tailback is would start probably for most other people. Uh, so, it's, it's going to be a thing where no one is really going to find a ton of success, I don't think, against AM running the football. So, AM really needs to tighten up on, on that, in that secondary and really the, the entire back seven it's, as far as coverage because people were just running wide open.
2: Really quick, let's hit on one game we didn't talk about last week because you would have thought it would have been not an issue. I don't know if you saw the hi- – I didn't even watch the game. I've seen the highlights. Miami I did. runs it. the ball when yep. they should have kneeled it yep. against Georgia Tech, and then they fumble, and Georgia Tech in uh, – was it two plays? Scores yep. a touchdown, wins plays. again.
1: Four plays, Win- goes, goes down, and, and uh, Haynes King throws a touchdown pass. Why I I don't open. They, guy was, they, got,
2: they were no, 10
1: yards away from him? That's not the first <laughs> time he's done it. That's the crazy part. He did it whenever he was over at Oregon. And they did the same, the same thing against uh, Stanford, I want to say, and we're talking, gosh, four or five years ago now. And he hasn't learned his lesson. And there's people, you know, online, you know, calling for his firing. And it's it's borderline. Like you, it's it's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world. I tell you, we were um, go back to the A and M game that that I was at this past week, and. Alabama did the same thing, and I'm just like, you know, they've got a minute and a half. A&M doesn't have any timeouts. Why aren't they kneeling the football? And they're they're running the ball, and I'm just thinking, you know, this could happen. And this is before this uh, this Miami thing occurs, and I just I, – I don't understand. I've watched A&M do it in a previous game uh, before, and if you've got the win, take the win, <laughs> you know, and – Miami but, Miami was in a in a situation to where they're undefeated they're ranked they've got all of this momentum going and you know they're they're seeing a lot of uh, momentum picking up not only with the football team but in the recruiting that that they sorely lacked over the past decade and things are finally picking up around there and then you pull something like this to where you might you might just pull yeah. the plug on everything because you, you might have players kind of looking around and this this might be one where not only does it beat you this week but it carries over it's into gonna next hurt week yeah. It's And I I don't know I don't know who's on the schedule next for the hurricanes but it's um it's something that could certainly carry
2: over. All right, well that's uh that's the first couple uh games for the day. We'll come back in segment 3 and talk about or segment 2 and talk about the uh, night games and then we'll head into what's coming on today, and uh, go from there. This is the College Football Girlhouse College Football Pregame Show on 102.3, The Eagle.
3: Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all.
0: Do you have a dream of sitting around and talking about whatever's on your mind? Well, we're here to make that a reality here at Texas Podcast Media. We, here are, we are here to make your dream a reality. Come in, set up in our studio. We record, we edit, we do all the work and we upload it to all the feeds, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. We do it all. Let us be your home for your podcasting. For more information, email us at info
1: at texaspodcastmedia.com. We are back. Welcome to segment two of the college football pregame shows brought to you by the Bullet Grill House in Point Blank, Texas, 401 Highway 156. Get on out here today to see some college football action, eat some
2: good food, have some good drinks, and Chris Moran's going to tell you what else can happen. You know, we got we talked a little bit first thing about some the great weather we got going on right now, and you know we got the car shows coming up. There's a lot of places to get out and go some, go see some uh, cars. The Wolf Creek Car Show coming up uh, next weekend, the 21st and 22nd. If you want to, I think they're booked on your car. You can't take your car out there. They're already filled up for cars, I believe. But if you want to go out there, check out some cars. It's a great day. We're only about maybe five, seven miles from Wolf Creek, so if you're heading out there, don't wait in the lines for the food. Stop in, grab a grab a bite to eat, take a box a uh, box to go, or or if you're coming back, then uh, you can uh, grab some food on the way. But uh, it's pretty close, and then uh, on November 11th here at Bulger House, we're having a little car meet. So if you got a car, we're we're not filled up. If you want to bring your car out, you got a good classic car trying to fill the parking lot up it's veterans weekend honor those veterans and let's uh let's uh, bring your car out and you can check it out throw a flag on that thing come on out all right saturday night last week is where we're getting to a couple texas teams a few texas teams in uh in action one really struggling tcu loses to iowa state oh boy they uh iowa state maybe having a little better year than we had kind of anticipated TCU is kind I mean, of in a tailspin, a little
1: bit of a worse
2: season than we were. I think expecting. there were some big expectations at TCU that are, oh, man.
1: Well, and you know how can you not? You you have uh, a season where you go to the national championship game, you get, you lose a lot of, a lot of the uh, players that got you there, but you brought in so much uh, to to try and replace them. But I tell you, it's it's hard to duplicate, you know, something like. And and the other thing is. They've got a target on their back now. I mean, everybody's gonna be after them. It's it's not just the OU or Texas in the Big Twelve now. It's you know, whoever's having success. I mean, you've had Oklahoma State, you've had um Baylor and, and a few others that have been conference champions and, and they've kinda shared that target with OU and Texas. But I mean you go to the national championship game and um you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna immediately uh, everybody's best game. You you are going to get uh Iowa State's best game. You're going to get uh West Virginia's best game like they did last week
2: and right now they're not uh they're not up to the challenge. Another uh night game that we we kind of talked about last week. This could kind of be a turning point in the season and whether down or up. Texas Tech and Baylor, but Texas Tech dominated that game in 39 14 Yeah, um uh, goes goes into Waco, in Baylor, and in yeah, Waco
1: goes into Waco and and does it. Uh, I was able to watch most of this game. Baylor's Baylor's got problems on offense, uh, and at times it looks it looks good, but there's there's other times where it's it's absolutely miserable. And Texas Tech was able to take advantage of it. Uh, they, Texas Tech is. Slowly becoming the team uh, that more people were expecting this year. Uh, I, I told you before the season started. I, I fully expected them to be in the conference championship game, and I looked really foolish after those first couple of games. But they're
2: slowly starting to come around, and still got a chance. Two and one in the conference.
1: Yeah, so there's there's still a chance, but um, they're gonna they're gonna have to improve a lot more from from what they've been over the past what five five weeks now.
2: Okay, I guess uh, Georgia, uh, you know, had a this close scare with Auburn the week before, but, boy, they came out looking like the number one team against Kentucky, who they thought would maybe upset a There's a lot of talk on Kentucky could challenge them. The Georgia showed, no, we're number one. You can't
1: take what you've seen in previous weeks, especially with a team like Georgia, and just say, well, that's what they're going to be all year because they're just not uh, – there's way way too much talent in Athens Georgia they they are possibly the most talented football team in in the country right now they've they've recruited incredibly well uh they're they're right up there with Alabama and Ohio State as far as just pure talent and you know it even though Again, they're, they're just like TCU. They've, they've got the target on their back, and, and everybody's after them, and they, they've been after them for a couple of years now, and nobody's been able to catch up. But Georgia's, Georgia's kind of on a different level right now as far as what they can put on the football field. And week after week, just do it. And Auburn gave them a really good shot uh, the week before, and I, I, I kind of figured it was one of those weeks where Georgia was just going to say, hey, look, That's not who we are. This is who we are. And this game was set up because Kentucky had just had the huge game over Florida. They had run for yards and yards and yards and yards. And, look, you're just not going to run. You're not going to have a running back run for 250 yards against Georgia. It's just not going to happen. And that's what they were able to do against Florida. Georgia and Florida right now, they are on two completely different levels. And Georgia, I I don't know that there is a team maybe – Maybe Alabama, that is on George's level right now.
2: We talked last week. Notre Dame, tough schedule. Every week they're playing a top twenty-five team. Well, they they uh, they now have a second loss to the to Louisville, thirty-three to twenty. And we talked about this last week, but you know they've had they had the big game against
1: um, who was it? It was they had Duke. They had the big game against Ohio State the week before that. And then you've got somebody else's Super Bowl because Louisville, Louisville hasn't really played anybody. They, they had a big game that they won against uh, NC State a few weeks ago. But, I mean, you've you got to imagine what Louisville gets, gets into their home stadium. And they, it's rare that they get somebody like Notre Dame that, that comes to their home stadium. So you know they had to have this game circled before the season started so they, they they get the chance and and they really came through because uh, you know Notre dame's a, Notre Dame is a very good team, but on that Saturday, they looked like a very tired football team uh, they weren't able to run the ball like they normally do, and louisville was i mean, i, I don 't know if you got to see any of the game, but that crowd was very into it, and that defense of louisville's was extremely into it
2: and they, they played a very good football game and, and were able to pull out
1: the win against Notre Dame.
2: Well, another game we didn't talk about, we talked about the Georgia Tech-Miami game, what a, what a crazy and an upset that right. was. USC and Arizona. Yeah. You would, we, we thought, no, USC, they're rolling, they look good, and they're going to roll them triple overtime to beat Arizona.
1: I tell you, this game came on at 10.30 at night, and I watched it. I because... was in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to even let, try. I'm, there's no way. I had to uh, I had to stand up out of my chair a few times to to keep myself awake because I, I started early that morning and and uh, I wanted to stay awake for this one. But the reason being is because USC's defense has been flat out awful and it's it's not good at all. There's very good individual players, as a unit they are awful. And this game started out seventeen to nothing Arizona and. If Arizona didn't have your attention, they did then. And I tell you, Caleb Williams, he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and he may win a second one. I I didn't think it was going to be possible for anybody to really win two Heisman Trophies because you kind of have that thing to where, unless you're just clearly above everybody else that second year, I feel like they want to give it to somebody else. This might be the year where we have a person win the Heisman Trophy twice, He's going to probably have to do it on a team that loses three games or maybe even four because USC can't
2: play defense. But, man, is he
1: impressive.
2: So that was a well, great game, a great lineup of games on Saturday. Today we open at 10 o'clock here at Billigrow House, watching some pregame. Come on out and uh, grab a spot, get a uh, get a good seat for the games. A great lineup of games. There's I've, I've got uh, quite a selection of games, trying to figure out what Kind of what we're gonna watch here, with the selection, we got a lot of TVs, but you always got to kind of limit some. But uh, but some interesting matchups today. We talked about Syracuse having a couple of losses. They're going against uh, Florida State, who is is on a roll. I wouldn't expect it to be an issue, but
1: you never know. Where's the game at?
2: In Florida State. Ah, Tallahassee. They
1: they are tough at
2: home. That's a weird eleven o'clock though. I like. Uh, yeah. Tallahassee at night is much better when uh, you know they got the flame and arrow going out there stabbing the field. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I don't I
1: don't really think Florida State's going to have any problems. It it may be a closer game than what people think, just because you know what they have been, and and unless you're playing a Clemson or an LSU, they haven't been impressive this year. So it might be it might be worth turning on just to see if Syracuse can keep this thing
2: close, which is. Incredibly possible. You think Alabama's going to have any trouble with Arkansas? Arkansas going to? I tell you, um,
1: again, they're coming off a big game. Uh, Alabama's coming off a big game to where they really had to get up for this A and M game to to defeat uh, Texas A and M. You always have that letdown in the in the next week. Arkansas was close with Ole Miss. And couldn't quite pull that one out. He, Arkansas has been so down, though. Uh, the last three weeks have just been, or I guess three out of four weeks, has have been really deflating for the Hogs. And I don't know where that team is at as far as effort, because it's it's got to be deflating. Uh, you lose to BYU, you lose to LSU, you lose to A&M, and then you know you got that that Ole Miss game and. They, they were beaten soundly against A and M. The the score didn't really do that one justice, but they've they've had some some tough weeks. This would be uh, the the game that you'd want to get get back and get right. Um, but Alabama is going to be really tough to beat, especially at home. Like you said,
2: upset of the year, Georgia loses at Vandy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you know that in advance, then you can make some money. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know I don't. that we
2: have to say much. Uh, I, yeah, the number, the top three teams are all in, right? Uh, Indiana's at Michigan, Ohio State's at Purdue. I, I don't see the top three losing. I, I think they're safe for for this week. You never know. You never know, and, and especially with uh,
1: somebody like Purdue, uh, I, I will say I, I would put that one
2: aside uh, from the other two. Uh, Purdue, yeah. and Purdue Ohio, could surprise them. Ohio State's been a little shaky. They could could they look past this? They're looking at Penn State and Michigan mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. So you you do never know. That's my only thing on Georgia too, right? You do they they blew up Kentucky. Do they kind of get back on their heels like they were against Auburn and say I don't take think them it, a light?
1: I don't think it matters with somebody like Georgia because they're really. They're really a, a run-based offense, and, and everything they do is just based on that incredible running game they've got, and defense travels, man. Defense goes everywhere, so it's going to be really tough to catch Georgia, uh, especially for Vanderbilt.
2: Yeah, so I don't think anything, any changes in the top, uh, that's actually top four, because Florida State's playing, so first thing in the morning, we've got the top four teams, and it looks like they should all roll, but... Uh, We'll sit on the TV. The state in. game
1: could be close, and and like I said, watch watch that Purdue game because Purdue has a way of getting up in in some of those big time matchups. Talk a little bit of food. You
2: know what's good Saturday morning? Some brisket chili. You know that's what I think every Saturday morning. <laughs> that that is football. That is what I think. Uh, but uh, I don't know that that's limited to Saturday morning. Just brisket chili uh, sounds good. Brisket pretty chili, pretty much always. We are gonna. We talked about that during the high school show a little while ago. That's why my mind's on brisket chili even you know we say we made so much brisket chili this summer even when it was 100 degrees we're making batch after batch of brisket chili and i i questioned i said do we really need chili we we just made it like three days ago and I'm like nope we've uh, we're just burning through it so we sell a ton of brisket you've never had our brisket chili it's one of the things that if you talk to some of the people before we opened bullet grill house i was working on my brisket chili recipe for about eight years so I took a recipe, we tweaked it, we tweaked it. it made it hot, made it easy, made it. It's, it's got a little bit of spice, but not too bad. If you weren't in Texas, would it be brisket chili? Probably not. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it may have you know it may have beans, but, you know, <laughs> but I I I got enough of your foe that though no, there's no way you put beans in uh, in chili in Texas. Right. So right. so there's no way we will have beans in the brisket chili. So we exactly we we do, we do not have beans in the brisket chili. And uh, it's a great to uh, get it in a Frito Pie, get it on a burger, get it on a hot dog. Our brisket chili queso hot dogs, great. So a lot of options to, uh, to utilize our brisket chili. Oh, so oh, let's take a break. 68. Come back in uh, segment three and talk about the games uh, tonight because we got, uh, we got a lot of games this afternoon, a lot of games tonight, some good matchups. I-26. Head out here to Bullet Girl House. We open at 10 a.m. We've, uh, get your spot, get some lunch, come out for dinner. We've got a lot of things going on. This is the Bullet Grillhouse College Football Pregame Show on 1 or 2.3, The Eagle.
0: Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com.
3: Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all.
1: Good morning and welcome to the college football pregame show brought to you by the Bullock Grill House at 401 Highway 156 in Point Blank, Texas. I am Brian Bush. I am sitting here with Chris Moran of the Bullock Grill House. And Chris is going to tell you all about the wonderful things that are happening out here in Point Blank.
2: Well, you know, we've got a great lineup of uh, college football today and, uh, and uh, no... Uh, Maybe some baseball. We're sitting here on a Wednesday night recording this, watching the Astros. If they lose, they would still play Friday, but, uh, boy, the Phillies are taking it to Atlanta. I don't think there's going to be any baseball Saturday. I think the Dodgers are going to lose, and Atlanta's going to lose.
1: It's, uh, it's very possible, but uh, might be setting up an, an Astros-Rangers
2: thing, which would be which be really, really good. huge. I think that will start Sunday, if I remember yeah. the, uh, the timing right. So, that's great. We got... Uh, so then Sunday loads up to be we got a, a full lineup of NFL football. We've got uh, John and Katie playing here Sunday night and then somewhere we're gonna squeeze in uh hopefully an Astros Rangers playoff game.
1: Yeah, this is um I know it's it's a busy time of year for you guys because the weather's turning like that two shades it's there's two shades of, of perfect weather in, in Texas to where you get that that fall stretch and then you get the one in the spring and, and so I know there's a, a ton of activities for you guys but it's also like the perfect time for sports because you've got all the football that's in full swing now. Baseball's in its playoffs. Basketball starting up.
2: So it's everything is happening all hockey, at once. Hockey and kicked off Tuesday night. Oh, nobody cares about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you would think but you know, it, just inside tonight I got somebody that wants to turn on TNT and watch the uh, no kidding. Blackhawks and... Uh, in uh, Boston, I tell you, everyone was a little excited about the Blackhawks. They got the number one draft pick, Connor Bedard. That's supposed to be the greatest since Gretzky came into the league. So we'll see how he develops. I think he had a goal in his first game last night. There you go. So yeah, you know, there's, you'd be surprised how many hockey fans are.
1: And then in the meantime, I uh, they're uh, they're playing games on Saturdays that we're going to talk about for a bit. And I know. Last Saturday was a, a jam-packed Saturday as far as top 25s in action and it looked a
2: little light, you know, when we talked about last week, but boy, there were some
1: great games that developed. It's always that way. It's one of those things to where,
2: oh, I don't I don't
1: see the top 5 matchups anywhere, but there's there's so many games on Saturday that Somewhere down the line, you're going to be watching a game or there's going to be something that breaks in and says, hey, change the channel over here, and there's going to be so many good games. And it's, we're, we're really fortunate because it used to not be that way to where you'd get this many games on a Saturday, but there's so many stations covering college football now, and it's so popular these days that, I mean, there's,
2: there's 30, 40 games that are on, on uh, television on Saturday. So it's It's fantastic. You know, I was in uh, I was in Livingston a little bit with our food trailer on Saturday, so I didn't catch a lot of the start of the games. And then uh, uh, we were in some place, and uh, actually we were in another another venue. I won't say where, down in Huntsville. We drove into Huntsville for a little bit, but they were struggling. They only had a couple TVs, and and people kept coming in and saying, "I want to see this. I want to see baseball. Or I want to see that." And they're and they're changing. Then people got mad that no, I want to see this. So they didn't have enough to cover with Buller House we're always limited too but we can cover a little more than that place had and i yeah. tell you we'll keep people happy because we have we have all the key games on and we know wh- what's going on and where they're at
1: and i mean like right now i'm I'm watching four different televisions and there's there's a couple of playoff games on and there's many many more inside uh we're on the patio out here tonight but Always a good time at the Bullet Grill House with plenty of good food.
2: So eleven o'clock. Let's let's kick off on what happened last week to start with. So uh, there was a big game at eleven o'clock. We'll save that to the uh, to the end here. A couple couple side games though that start off good. Ohio State had a great start. Uh, struggling, I say great start because I'm not an Ohio State fan. <laughs> Maryland looked pretty good early. I thought they. Maybe this was gonna be the upset alert and then boy Ohio State just kinda of poured it on the second half, winning thirty seven seventeen, 17 uh, not as close as the, the first half was.
1: I tell you, it's um it's a little disappointing because you, you want to see some of those uh, second tier uh Big Ten types uh be able to to compete with the Penn States, the Ohio States, the Michigans, but they're just not quite there yet and once once that conference expands into Washington, Oregon, uh, UCLA, USC, it's going to be much more competitive. And I think even some of those second-tier uh, type teams, the Wisconsin's, the Nebraska's, and maybe somebody like a Maryland or somebody like that would, would uh, be able to be competitive. And I think we're going to see a lot uh, more diverse uh, championship-type games over there in the Big Ten. But for right now, there are really – two, and sometimes three
2: teams that are just dominating that conference. Big matchup in the SEC at 11, LSU and Missouri. Close game. LSU kind of pulled away a little bit in the fourth quarter for a 10-point win, but but boy, it was a battle for most of that game. Tell you, Missouri was the trendy pick amongst everybody.
1: There's, there's a few uh, college shows on television, on radio, on podcasts, if you listen to them, and the very, very trendy pick was to say that LSU was dead and, and that Missouri was going to, to get this win and kind of uh, vault their status as far as where they are in the SEC pecking order, but LSU still LSU. They, I mean, they're not having the season that they want to have, and the defense is certainly not on par with what you normally see in Baton Rouge, but there's still a ton of athletes down there, and for as bad as the defense is this year, LSU has an offense that they normally don't have, and it's it's one of the best offenses not only in the SEC but in the nation, and it's going to allow them to win shootout-type
2: games like that. Big game at 11, the Red River rivalry made up uh, actually a good game this year. So there's been some blowouts in the years past. There has. Back and forth. Uh, Either team could have won it right down to the wire, and, and uh, man, I I was uh, on the edge of my seat on that one. But uh, UT gets the loss. They do. Uh, I
1: I uh, was able to watch three and a half quarters of this game. My my game started about midway through the fourth quarter, but uh, really surprised at how how. Oklahoma was able to kind of raise their game in, in, uh, in a game like this because they came out in this game really, really intense and had a very good start, and I think that was really key in just kind of proving to themselves that, yeah, we belong on this stage and, and we can play at this level because if you remember last year's game, it was a shutout loss, and not only a shutout loss, but Texas put a half hundred on them. So it it wasn't even a competitive game last year. Oklahoma really hasn't played uh, what you would consider top ten or top fifteen competition. They've they've kind of played uh, some of the some of the guys that are going to finish a little bit further back in the Big Twelve and a couple of non conference games that was nothing uh, too exciting, but. Oklahoma does belong on the big stage. They they performed really well in this game. Got a couple of key turnovers in in the game that that uh, really
2: was able to lift them over the Longhorns. A little, a little conservative play calling by UT in the second half. I mean, you had the you had the ball in the three, mm-hmm. and you you kind of ran it three times and. and uh, there were just some questionable and I've seen some little commentary on some of the sports shows that that just, just they, they, they kinda play called a little tight. I, I feel like with Texas and, and especially the the
1: plays that you're you're talking about, there's there's almost uh kind of some talking points about them, about how they're not you know, a tough team and, and Sarkisian actually came up before the season started and said, Hey, we're going to be a hard nosed tough team. And, and we're going to be able to, to pound the football and, and, you know, we're going to be able to establish the run. I almost feel like that's what he was trying to prove there, not only to himself, but maybe to his players as well. And it kind of backfired on him. Um, uh, Texas for as much as they want to be there, they probably aren't quite there yet. And against a good defense like Oklahoma, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, I've I've seen several games this year where, you know, even a good football program, they, they find it difficult to, to run the football. And game that we'll talk about, I'm sure, here in a little bit, Alabama and Texas A&M, I took a picture of the scoreboard because midway through the third quarter, the University of Alabama had negative 22 rushing yards. We're talking about Alabama. We're talking about Nick Saban. And – so it's it's not always easy to run the football, and uh, Texas found out the hard
2: way. And it, it may have cost him. I am seeing some memes though, asking for the uh, the third string quarterback. Are you ready? <laughs> it, it's going to be hard, man. You recruited him. It's going it, to be hard that he's if if you if you lose or come close again.
1: I, and I, and the tell fans you, are going to want
2: to see him well, as soon as you do
1: see him. Uh, people are going to be wishing that they had Ewers back because. Uh, he will be in the NFL at that point in time and and it's it's rare that someone has the arm talent that that this kid does he's he's not the best quarterback in the world but he's got an incredible arm and he can he can throw that deep ball and he can make all the throws he's he's really good but um Texas really has something with that and Manning will come but Soon enough,
2: and I, I don't think you want to see him out there right now because it's I, just hard having that on the you know, you know, he's they're I'm all sure. getting beat up on it,
1: and you know, I he's he's got it tough because people are going to expect him to be Eli Manning at Ole Miss, they're going to expect him to be Peyton Manning at University of Tennessee, and it's just not going to be that way. I mean, he's not those guys,
2: but it may happen for him eventually, it's definitely not happening his no, freshman year no. in Texas. All right. The uh, moving on to the afternoon games. Couple, I know we got a game we're going to talk about that uh, that you watched uh, very closely. But Syracuse, North Car- North Carolina. We talked about Syracuse. Looked good to start the season. Lost to Clemson. Now they got hammered by North Carolina, forty to seven.
1: I tell you, um, North Carolina is one of those teams, just like several teams over in the Pac-12, that people are sleeping on. Um, Mac Brown has has built something over there at North Carolina. And you see the offensive coordinator at North Carolina. He goes and and, uh, takes off for Wisconsin. And you see certain players that haven't been able to play. I don't know, the wide receiver for one has just now been admitted back onto the football team. But they just kind of thought, you know, North Carolina is not going to be what they possibly could be. I know that they had a close game against App State this year, and, and people kind of wrote them off then, but uh, I know from experience <laughs> that, that App State's not a terrible football team, and that's a huge driver. For, I mean, that's, that's App State's Super Bowl. I mean, you, you go and, and you face the big uh, state school, uh, that's, that's everything for them if they can knock them off. So not surprising that they were able to keep that close. But North Carolina is for real, uh, not only – on offense but on defense as well. Uh, Mac, Mac Brown has has really done a good job. He's always been a fantastic recruiter. He's always been able to bring talent in and it's no different these days. It's it's not on the same level that he was doing at Texas, but it's uh it's
2: to the level to where he's going to compete for an ACC championship this year. Speaking of that ACC championship, the the best team in the ACC ranking-wise, Florida State takes on Virginia Tech and 22-point first quarter, just kind of rolled that game, 39-17. And fell asleep. They are, uh, Florida State's quietly at number five. They are, and the reason it's quiet is because
1: they're not really blowing anybody out. They're not doing it in impressive fashion. They'll get to a point to where it's, it's enough and they kind of t- take their foot off the gas. It's, it's just the opposite of what they did against uh, LSU in that very first game that everybody watched because, you know, it was one of the only games on that Saturday. But, you know, you saw a really impressive Florida State team that was able to not only to stand toe-to-toe with LSU but then really hammer them in the second half and, and run the football like – No one has really seen LSU give up rushing yards like like they were able to get in the second half there, and it really shocked everybody. We've learned since that point in time, LSU is probably not the defense that we thought they were going to be this year. And FSU really hasn't played up to that level except for the Clemson game. Uh, They really haven't played up to that level in some of these
2: lesser games. The other big game in the afternoon, your Aggies. Yeah. I'm sure you got a lot to uh, man they they looked, they had a great first half.
1: They really did. Can we just um, stop it at at the
2: halftime and call it a game? You know, there's there's been every game this
1: year you you've, you've kind of wanted to stop at either one half or the other because they really haven't put four quarters together. Uh every every game this year it's either the first half or the second half where A&M looks really impressive and it's the other one that you want to forget about, and that's the one that's them in two different games now where they've played two quality opponents in Miami and Alabama. Uh, you get a 17-10 to 10 lead at the half. The offense looks good. Uh, they didn't look great. They missed some opportunities, but the offense looks good. They're able to, to move the football, and Alabama wasn't. Uh, that That was the impressive thing. Like I said, midway through the third quarter, I took a picture of the scoreboard, and there's – there's a thing on there where they, you know, they'll, they'll keep stats and things like that. And Alabama is at a negative 22 rushing yards uh,
2: at, in the third quarter. And it was just, it was wild to me. You, to you'd think that'd be a W. Yeah. I mean, if you if you've shut down Alabama's rushing game.
1: Yeah. And, and so, and you know, we're talking about they've played a half. They've played six, seven minutes of the third quarter. And it's it was just amazing to see uh, A&M's defense. Was time and time again, they rolled him out there, and they were able to make stops, even whenever the offense uh, would put him in a, a bad situation. But it eventually got to the point where Jermaine Burton uh, was too much for the AM secondary, and corner is—it's been a weak spot at Texas A&M for the past oh forever, and it's—it's it's probably been since the late 90s where you could really say, hey, A&M's really got a superstar cornerback. Uh, and they've, they've tried to mask it as best as possible. And it's going to be hard with this defense because I can tell you, most teams are going to find difficulty running the football the same way that Alabama did. Uh, nobody's got a better running attack than, than what Alabama's got because they've got an incredible offensive line and they've got their third string tailback is would start probably for most other people. Uh, so, it's, it's going to be a thing where no one is really going to find a ton of success, I don't think, against AM running the football. So, AM really needs to tighten up on, on that, in that secondary, and really the, the entire back seven it's, as far as coverage because people are just running wide open.
2: Really quick, let's hit on one game we didn't talk about last week because you would have thought it would have been not an issue. I don't know if you saw the hi- – I didn't even watch the game. I've seen the highlights. Miami I did. Well, runs I the ball when yep. they should have kneeled it yep. against Georgia Tech, and then they fumble, and Georgia Tech in uh, – was it two plays? Scores yep. a touchdown, wins plays. again. Four plays, Win-
1: goes, goes down, and, and uh, Haynes King throws a touchdown pass. Why, I, I don't think I was – they were 10
2: yards away from
1: – That's not the first <laughs> time he's done it. That's the crazy part. He did it whenever he was over at Oregon – and they did the same the same thing against uh, Stanford, I want to say, and we're talking, gosh, four or five years ago now. And he hasn't learned his lesson. And there's people, you know, online, you know, calling for his firing. And it's it's borderline. Like you, it's it's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world. I tell you, we were um, go back to the A and M game that that I was at this past week, and. Alabama did the same thing and I'm just like you know they've got a minute and a half A&M doesn't have any timeouts why aren't they kneeling the football and they're they're running the ball and I'm just thinking you know this could happen and this is before this uh this Miami thing occurs and I just I I don't understand it. I've watched A&M do it in a previous game uh before and if you've got the win take the win <laughs> you know and Miami, Miami was in a in a situation to where they're undefeated, they're ranked, they've got all of this momentum going, and you know they're they're seeing a lot of uh, momentum picking up not only with the football team but in the recruiting that that they sorely lacked over the past decade, and things are finally picking up around there. And then you pull something like this to where you might. You might just pull yeah. the plug on everything because you, you might have players kind of looking around, and this this might be one where not only does it beat you this week, but it carries over. It's going to hurt the momentum and yeah. horribly. And I, I don't know. I don't know who's on the schedule next for the Hurricanes,
2: but it's um, it's something that could certainly carry over. All right. Well, that's the uh, that's the first couple uh, games for the day. We'll come back in segment three and talk about their segment two and talk about the uh, night games, and then we'll head into what's coming on today, and uh, go from there. Well, this is the College Football Girlhouse, House College Football Pregame Show on 102.3, The Eagle.
0: Do you have a dream of sitting around and talking about whatever's on your mind? Well, we're here to make that a reality here at Texas Podcast Media. We, our, we are here to make your dream a reality. Come in, set up in our studio, we record, we edit, we do all the work. And we upload it to all the feeds, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. We do it all. Let us be your home for your podcasting. For more information, email us at info at texaspodcastmedia.com.